1: Boyhood dream has come true! All of you stop to me! You're about to find out how ugly mankind can really be! Myself and the click are gonna dance all over your face! Talk about your psalms, talk about John 316! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! <laughs> The cold the Raw Reviewers, here, the Coldaholic lads recover from Crown Jewel. I can't believe Logan Paul won the fucking title. And we are here for our Ike Pro Power DeLorean recording before Crown Jewel, where Logan Paul may not have won the fucking title. Sure Michaels has. In our era, though, and we're going to talk about that and much more. Who be we? I'd be Fake Jordy, radio presenter with portfolio and former Cultaholic Heavyweight Champion Tom Campbell with the mulligant to my own hair, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. Hello. There he is. Look at you looking all rambunctious. You've got a burglar's hat on. Yeah.
0: I'm just a really big Dexys Midnight runner. <laughs> fun! <laughs> But ah. Early era, so Gino era, before they were just like bitter, right. yeah. We're talking early when they were just like collars up and
1: so was so was the the look for Come On Eileen like accidentally became their look. It was just for one video, but they just went. That's what Dexter I is think. Her, it was it just they? for that
0: album because the the front cover to 2 I is Kevin Rowan. Why do I know so much about Dexy's Midnight Runners? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Rowan sitting there in his dungarees with his bit of straw in his gob, but. What is your favorite Dexy's Midnight Runner song that isn't come on Eileen? Uh, I like their cover of um, fucking thingy. Oh, yeah. Jackie um, Wilson said.
1: Jackie Wilson said, little calm down. Yeah. Oh, little. And they did
0: it on the young ones? They did. Yeah. Uh, I like Gino. Gino's great.
1: Wow, Gino! And I it slows down. Do, 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 do. It's
0: all over the shop. Can tip a car <laughs> over. <laughs> I bet they a fun party boys. Oh yeah, were the old those uh, early days definitely.
1: Yeah. How are you? I'm oh, alright. <laughs> is it warm in here or is it me? Um, am, am I just a hot boy? You are a hot
0: boy. I am a hot boy. No, I feel I feel fairly crumulent. How oh, are you? I feel, <laughs> I'm fairly warm. Yeah?
1: Can, I turn the, can I put the, the fan on for a bit? Sure. Is that, is that all right? <laughs> we'll keep this in the box. Uh,
0: we'll keep it in the box. Tom is uh, currently going to put on the air conditioning unit. Someone, e-
1: someone messaged
0: me. <laughs> someone messaged me and said, like, I'd love it if you
1: release, like, an uncut version of the, the classic reviews. Like, I don't... a cut fuck off. <laughs> Because, I mean, I say because artistically, yeah. it's nice to keep like everything in. Oh, yeah. Truth is, I'm really lazy.
0: <laughs> He's really fucking not. <laughs> really, really lazy. <laughs> I mean, I am in terms of... The, but anyway. Tom Campbell, who calls half past five a good lie-in. Oh, that's a
1: great lie-in, that is. <laughs> when did I ever lie-in? T- i tell you what, it was, it was Sunday when the clocks changed. Yeah. And I lay in bed till like half eight. Oof. I had ten hours sleep. Oh my god. Is that how you live all the time? Me? Is that how like normal people like do
0: it? I think normal people do yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I'll do that again. 10 hours.
1: <laughs> What's been happening with you? What's the gossip? Fuck off. Fuck off. Uh, nice. nice. I'm
0: I'm just happy because today it is November 1st. Yes, yes, we are recording on the 1st of November, which means it's the it's the month of gold. Oh. <laughs> Which means in in twenty days' time, I turn thirty four years old. Yay! It's the Orlando month. It is the only the only stretch of time where I'm happy in a year. <laughs> 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 it's from the day before my birthday until Christmas Day. Ah, oh. because I like my birthday and I love Christmas. But and so the, for that whole time, I'm just like yeah, 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 everything's fucking it's, great. Oh, oh wow! Everything.
1: So this podcast is going to really take on a very different. Uh, and I,
0: I said from November twentieth, I'm still.
1: No, no, not no, today, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, today. Oh, yeah, Today, you'll be in your miserable fucking self. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but looking beyond there... Oh, yeah. It's will be closer to the crimbles Oh,
0: God, are That's yeah. very exciting. I'm going to float into work. Like...
1: <laughs> There's a reason for the sunshine. <laughs> yeah, remember that, the MasterCard advert, I believe it was, to <laughs> let your love flow like get all springs. springs. me? Remember the MasterCard advert? No,
0: okay. I am old. I forget that sometimes. Uh, you've made me just remember. Was it the Volkswagen advert? Can hate be good? Can hate be great? Oh. Can hate be good? Can hate be great? Can hate be something new? Don't know why
1: that came into my head. I like the advert where the horses are water.
0: Yes. You remember what it was? Tick follows talk. Tick, follows tick. Follows, t- follows t- talk. Follows t- That's right. Gravy King. But um. Yeah, it's, it's talking of November 1st, it's actually good that we recorded today, because I came into work on Halloween, or Hallows' Eve. All Hallow-
1: is Halloween All Hallows' Eve?
0: Yes. Or is the day before Halloween or Hallows' Eve? No, the day before Halloween is Devil's Night or Mischief Night. Ooh. Halloween is All Hallows' Eve, and today is Sarween. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Sarween. And I'm a man who... Doesn't like Halloween. But, <laughs> um, Did you get trick and or treaters? No, because luckily we're on like the third floor. Ah, that's fine. Then. Yeah, they climb the walls. Then we they, they deserve some chocolate. We watched Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, I'm jealous. And on Saturday we watched Young Frankenstein because nice. Sean had never seen it before, and I like Mel Brooks. Oh, great shout! We watched
1: The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, which is kind of our go-to one at this time of the year. It's one of them where, like, you always remember the first two thirds of the film, mm. and then the final third, the final home stretch, you really just it, you, it's very forgetful. Yeah. Just because the first is so top-loaded with like banging tunes, great little scenes, and by the end, you've you've normally fallen asleep or kind of the novelty is like, yeah, it's
0: done. I, I just always my favorite bit is when um it's the day after Halloween the mayor goes to Jack's house. And the way he goes up the stairs and just goes.
1: Yeah. First, first two thirds of the film. Yeah. That's when that happened again. Jack,
0: oh. Jack, where is Jack? <laughs>
1: Did we dredge the lake?
0: <laughs> Which is what want someone to shout when I go missing. But, Did uh, we dredge the lake? So yes. So yesterday came in the office and you just went, are we okay for half 11 today? And I just oh, went, yeah. no. And you went, what? And you yeah. looked so crestfallen. My little face fell down. And I was like, no, it's, I'm, I'm on the website with. Because uh, you work Mondays, don't you? With with Barry Goose. Yeah. <laughs> you um, work with Barry Goose on Monday. And you, left, you then left the room for different reasons. I turned to him and I was like, oh, Tom looked upset then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did a big cry. No, I didn't do it. To be honest with you, I was weirdly relieved because it ended up Monday being very busy because mm. I got last minute call in to go and do some radio bollocks which meant i had to skip away so weirdly i think what i was looking at you it wasn't so much me feeling sad it was me pro like could i okay i'll do that then i'll do it right okay yeah that's fine <laughs> that actually works out fine it's in my head i'm going i've got that thing on Tuesday, I choosing I've got that thing okay that's fine we're fine and it worked out beautifully yeah and here we are We're reckless abandon
0: but the good thing is at the end of every month in my diary you're another day older well there is that I keep a running tally every day of how many eggs I eat. And at the the end of the month, I tally it for the month and have a running total for the year. So do we have an updated Jackie Orlando egg count? Including this morning's eggs on November the 1st. Yes, we do. Okay. All right.
1: So, um, now we've never done, I know you, I know like I speak as if this is a regular thing. (laughs) I have in the last 12 seconds discovered that Jackie (laughs) Orlando keeps a running egg count. Not a runny egg count, but I presume a runny egg would be classed in the regular count of eggs. Yeah. Okay, so can you, would you mind telling me how many eggs you had last month? As a, just as a ballpark
0: figure that I can work around. Last month was a bountiful month in which I ate 66 <laughs> eggs. Then <laughs> you're roughly the size of a bird. Yeah, um, fucking blue toe.
1: that's who I am. How are you not like all bound up downstairs? <laughs> or are you? No, no, no. Okay. Not at all. So 66 eggs in a month yeah. you had. October's 31 days. Mm-hmm. That was a bountiful month. Okay. So, so, no, so this, was, this was September? No, this was October. So October you had 30, okay. 66 eggs in 31 That's days. Incredible. Hmm. That's incredible. That's an incredible amount of eggs. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make a guess for wh- how many eggs you'll have in November. Go on. And we'll, we'll revisit this at the end of November. Okay, so 66 was bountiful. Because you were away. For summer of October, weren't you? I worked from home. So therefore, eggs would have been more uh, available. Whereas here, you're not going to make an egg in the office. No. Unless you are. No, No. I think we'd all hate you if you've made eggs in the office. Uh, No, I haven't poached. There isn't
0: an egg aroma to that.
1: Are you planning to work from home this month, November? Mm, No, but I've got time off for birthday. But you've got
0: birthday time. Oh, okay. You'll
1: definitely have eggs on your birthday. Um... Will you will, do you normally have breakfast before you leave the house? Do yes. you have breakfast Okay, so yes. you normally have breakfast before you leave the house. Does Sean put a cap on the eggs per week? Or is that really like is it just like the the Wild West of egg consumption? It's wild West of egg consumption. Wild West of egg
0: consumption. If I went in the gym, I would be the size of a horse. But I don't <laughs> with four legs. In the I, <laughs> You'll often find me at home, like be like, ah, oh, lovely plate of eggs there. I might wash it down with a full glass of milk and then just sit in the dark.
1: <laughs>
0: I'd like Lex Luger. <laughs> we'll find
1: Jackie Orlando in a few years' time. He's the guy that just the weirder that sits in that flat on his own and just injects himself with horse tranquilizers. <laughs> or horse steroids, sorry. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Urgh! Oh, oh, you. Coursing
1: through my veins. I'm just gonna sit here, play Minecraft. Uh- <laughs> all right, okay. I'm going to guess this month coming, you will have 59 eggs. 59 eggs. Because I don't think you're going to be home as much. So I don't think you'll go to the trouble of making eggs every day. Okay. Did you, how many did you have this morning on November the 1st? Two. You've had two this morning. Okay. 59. Yeah. So 57 eggs in a month. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, I put, it's a normal portion two. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to stick with 59.
0: Okay. How many have I had?
1: This year so far. So this year, okay. So my guess for next month is fifty nine. So
0: sixty six.
1: I'm gonna. Can I do a bit of quick math?
0: Yes. That was a good month though.
1: Sixty six was. It a good was a bountiful month. month. It was an it was an unusual month. I think because you were at home more
0: often. There was one day when I had five eggs.
1: Fuck, but why you?
0: You should either be muscly or dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had my breakfast and then at night Sean was like, "Do you want an omelet?" And I was like, "Yeah." Uh, ah, I thought of omelettes. I yeah.
1: knocking back boiled eggs. Yeah. Okay, so you had 66 <laughs> in a bountiful month of six. Bountiful month. Bountiful Okay, month. Uh, so I'm going to say on an average, you have 48 on an average in a month. Actually, no, because if you had two per serving, if you have it, like, <laughs> would you have five? Is it uncommon for you? We'll get to Roar in a bit. Is it uncommon for you to have five
0: eggy breakfasts in a week it's <laughs> uncommon for me to have less than seven right okay in a week <laughs> okay in
1: a week 7.25 okay so that's the average but then we're not counting for dinners or lunches
0: there's never an egg lunch there's never an egg never an egg lunch
1: is that is that a rule that you stand by or is it just because you haven't had an egg
0: lunch I'm Is that to... a hard and fast rule? It, it's just hard used... and boiled rule. It's just usually that I'm just like, oh, I thought that was a delightful egg breakfast <laughs> <laughs> for lunch. Might as well have something different.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Because you're spoiling yourself with eggs at the start of the day, yeah. you don't want to
1: um overuse that palate. Yeah. And then maybe by the evening, you might be craving some eggs again. Okay, <laughs> so uh so for, yeah, okay. Roughly <laughs> in a good month, I'm gonna say fifty eggs. Okay. Uh, and I'm gonna times that by Uh, It's a 10. But then... Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to do 48 times by nine. Yeah. Because you had a bountiful egg month. Yeah. Okay. My guess... I don't mind being in the ballpark.
0: 498 eggs. So far this year, I've had 617 (laughs) eggs.
1: Oh, what's the... He's a wrecking (laughs) machine! (laughs) Jesus! So, I mean, the challenge for me... (laughs) Would be to get a thousand eggs in by the end of the year. Oh god, I'm not Jeff Capes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's you it's, it's it's just that the reason <laughs> I started taking count is just cause I start every day with a black coffee and some poached eggs. Nice. Some days of a weekend, maybe if Where I Where do you have
1: your break, break? I have a standard up in the kitchen. So just stood up in the kitchen. Yeah. Holding a plate. Digging into the poaches. I'm loving Fork and porches.
0: Yeah, I'm the poaches. Digging into your.
1: Are you fucking. Are you fucking his wife? Not are you fucking his wife. I, I, I am Peter Beersley's wife. Are you wife? Peter
0: Beersley's wife? Yeah. Fork
1: and porches. you are your fucking Doyle. You go make me some fork and Uh So you'll sit, black coffee and two poached eggs. Mm-hmm. The, and, and I, I can on, I, a, on a nice toast. I don't know why. I kind of imagine you like, with like, <laughs> like a plate, two poached eggs, <laughs> on there, and like, <laughs> Looking out of like a full sized window at the world going past, <laughs> naked as the day you were born. <laughs> going, ah, a new day <laughs> awakens. <laughs> like a primal scream yeah. to start your day. Yeah,
0: egg fueled scream. <laughs> egg
1: fueled scream. Before
0: that, I'm very placid. Then I get out all that <laughs> with the eggs, and then I just meander into work, and I'm just like, hello. Yeah, so you get all
1: that, all that. There's like over an over, share, over amount of energy.
0: Yes, overspill of
1: energy that yeah. the that you you deal with, and then off to the races you go. Yeah. Nice, that's nice. That. How does Sean feel about your egg consumption?
0: She's fine. She's <laughs> just, is
1: it she never up around the dinner table. Your, no, no, eating no. Eat your twelve egg of the day.
0: <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> what? So, Quiet. So sometimes she like. On on the omelette, I'm like, I'm making myself an omelette. She'd be like, it might be a bit of an eggy day for you. But I was like, yeah, but it was the first time trying them in the air fryer, so I was like, I'm in, for, I'm in for the air fryer experiment. I didn't mind it. Sean didn't like hers. What was different about it? It was square, squamlet, <laughs> <laughs> a squag, <squablet>. a, <laughs> a squamlet, as they call it. Um, and it was a bit, a bit cakey, a bit cakey, peg. Is
1: it? Yeah, I guess because the way that an egg, an egg fryer mm. thing works. Yeah.
0: But yeah, usually two poached eggs. Other weekend, if Sean's like, "Do you want breakfast?" She'll make scrambled eggs because she makes really nice scrambled eggs. Nice. Occasionally in the week, she'll be like, "Oh, I fancy just you know a shit dinner of sausage, egg, and chips." Oh, you know, just one of them. It's, that's it's a lovely idea. Yeah, it? but it's it's like I'm not a I'm not a hard boiled man kind of guy. <laughs> but Sean doesn't mind it because she's like, she's like, "Oh well, poached is probably." One of the best ways you can have eggs because you're not adding like oil and you're not. Frying yeah, it's pretty
1: anything. clean cut, isn't it? Like you
0: whack it in the pan with a bit of fry light and then. I oh, mine's just in in water, just let it bubble bit of white wine vinegar. Crack a, oh yeah, crack I'm thinking. I'm, yeah. thinking a, I'm thinking of a I think of a fried egg yeah. rather than a
1: porchy. Yeah. Do you do you spin the water counterclockwise? I do, yeah. And put a bit of salt in,
0: put yeah. a bit of wine. In. Yeah. How long do you normally know po- poach it for? Uh, I've got it, until my toast pops. So. I, Put, put the eggs in, ah. crack the toaster down, and then. Wow, that's engineering. That is yeah. that's a feat of engineering. Yeah, they're Big not fun. they're not always brilliant. Yeah. They're they're always nice, but like some days they come out. and am just like serve that in a fucking restaurant, and some days days they come up and just like find me the hen that laid this egg, <laughs> so I can strike them, <laughs> bring them, bring them to me. But uh,
1: I like the idea of doing like a whole weekend of culturally classic podcasts live, <laughs> which I think I've talked about a lot. And I think it should be punctuated by a Jackie Orlando egg breakfast, yeah. like a, like where everyone gets together. We record a podcast, but everybody has some eggs. Yeah. Be nice, that. That would be lovely. Yeah. You have a coffee and some poaches, and we talk about Raw. Yeah. like a, who's, who's up for coming and having a live egg breakfast?
0: But that room will fucking stink after. I mean, Don't get me wrong. Tom wakes up at half four in the morning, and I wake up about quarter to six, so you'll have to be early, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the that's the best time to consume eggs. It
1: is. Uh, large eggs or small eggs? Then we'll get we'll get on to Raw in a minute, I promise. Yeah. Uh, Large, large Large, free range, free range. So it's got to be. Can you tell the difference in flavour if it's a free or a caged? No,
0: they just. It doesn't have as much sadness with each bite. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have as much sadness. Yeah, (laughs) it was like uh, a different kettle of fish. We didn't have a kettle of fish, but the other night we had hot dogs because I've been asking Sean for ages, Can we have hot dogs? And she's not really keen on them. And she's reading the ingredients. She's like, mechanically separated pork, forty percent. It's like Sean, they're tastier if they're mysterious. Don't, <laughs> don't read into it. It's The fine. love is in the mystery. <laughs> so. Didn't Wet Wet Wet
1: sing Sweet Little Mystery for that Sweet reason? Little Mystery. <laughs> Hot dogs for tea. <laughs> tea, <mystery>. tea, tea, <laughs> uh, Your egg thoughts, please. Classic at Cultaholic.com. Thank you so much for how you have your eggs. How many eggs have you eaten in a year? Let us know. Classic <laughs> at Cultaholic.com. We should find out if anybody who listens to this has eaten more eggs than you. Yeah. Have an egg off. I think we can get... I do think, right, if we if we account for a couple of days for sick, put you on the sick for a couple of days, I think we can get to a 1,000 eggs. <clears throat> I think we could put your body through the pressure, and I think it will... And I think it will... Won't crack. Pressure makes diamonds. Probably crack. I'm not cool hand loose. I'm not sitting there just eating <laughs> 50 eggs in <a> one certain... <laughs> I think we have... I'm just thinking, right, if we have, like, maybe three or four days in the next few weeks where we just make a big basket of eggs, boil hard boiled eggs, soft boiled eggs, and you can just pop them in, pop them in. I'm just thinking that brings up your average. Yeah, but then I might become egg bound and then you've ruined my life. You're not egg bound permanently. It's not for for life. Just until like gotta start moving again. And then look, if you get egg bound, right? Yeah. Give you a nice black coffee. Yeah. Bit of Dyrilite. You're back again. Sound. Bit of senacot. Get, get the old. <laughs> You're back again. Get a glove on, get the finger in there. We'll get a finger in there as well. Yeah. And then black coffee and some Seneca. You'd be right as rain. Mm. And then we'll pop another. And a 50, banana. And a, ba- oh yeah, a yeah. banana is good for that. Yeah. And then we'll pop another 50 in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our big egg machine, Jackie Orlando. Yeah. Uh, April 29th, 2019.
0: Yeah, That's the time we actually not
1: talked uh, about fucking the, eggs. The year that the free range <laughs> egg became prevalent and yep. cromulent within parts of the northeast of America. <laughs> uh, we're going to walk you through, believe it or not, this is a classic Raw review podcast. Um, we are going to talk you through Raw. <laughs> I'm excited because, like, uh, Sam and I, I think we did 40 minutes on Bovril. Oh, God. The other week. Yeah. And people are like I, hey, I love the bovril review. It's a shame about the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this might be cool. I think I think by the by this time next year, Adam will come to do like an appraisal of my job and go. The thing is, Tom, like you, we've got three podcasts. One of them is you talking about, is uh, <laughs> talking about uh, pasta with with Matthew. One is you talking about bovril with Sam, and the other is talking about eggs with with Jack. And uh, we don't think it's serving our core audience <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'll, yeah. I'll add my notes on the way out. Uh, <laughs> April 29th, 1996. We will go through this week's episode of Monday Night Reuters. It's a fun episode, actually. Yeah. It's a very eggy episode. Very eggy. I'm all for it. But Jackie Orlando likes to take a little look
0: at uh, what was going on in the wrestling world on the whole. It's, it's a quick one. There wasn't much in The Observer this week. Mm. There was lots of MMA news because... Dave Meltzer was doing it from 1996 onwards. Mm-hmm. The, the main thing. What well, MMA? Yeah, Dave was doing MMA. Yeah, get him in the octagon. He's in the size of him. He's massive. Yeah, actually, he is big. Yeah. big boy he looks like uh, the third Steiner brother (laughs) so the biggest news this week was New Japan News Uh, Shinya Hashimoto won his third and final IWGP heavyweight championship at Battle Formation 96 defeating Nobuhiko Takada in what what was then the second largest crowd in Japanese wrestling history and second largest gate in pro wrestling history at over six million dollars so that's the big one. Uh, A couple bits from WWF and some other bits from the wider world. Really? This is the big news from WWF. As we saw in your house, good friends. Better, better enemies, egg, gummies. Both Diesel and <sighs> Razor Ramon were given pay-per-view send-offs before they leave for WCW that would be classified as far less than burials. While Ramon also did the job on the show, as well as Diesel in the main event, because um, Razor Ramon put over Vader, He was given a great deal of offense in a match made to look far more competitive than most would have figured under the circumstances. In the post-match commentary, McMahon went out of his way not to bury Ramon and actually did quite the opposite, praising him for his performance. Yeah,
1: he really did, actually.
0: So Dave's put, it appeared McMahon was trying to do exactly the opposite of what he thought Eric Bischoff would do in the same situation. And I looked on Cage Match. This is the last time we'll see them in WWF TV until 2002. (sighs) Wow, well, there you go. I wonder what Space Yeah. So a bit of backstage scar from the Germany tour. Oh, I've heard about this.
1: Oh, I've heard about this.
0: Dave starts it with: lots of things went on when you pack two dozen wrestlers and keep them together for a 17-day tour, as you can imagine. Diesel and Ramon were flagrantly breaking every company rule they could in full view of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> there was therefore <laughs> tremendous heat on Shawn Michaels and uh, Helmsley. He just bought, I would call him Hurricane Helmsley. No. Hurricane Helmsley. John!
1: <laughs> <Sean! laughs> Stand <Dave> by. <back>. Mel- <laughs> Dave Meltzer, <laughs> MMA. We haven't called, co- we haven't, fu- we haven't uh, sounded the John horn in a while. John? John horn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've somehow hurt <had> Tom's arm
1: <laughs> If you weren't so eggy You could have made the noise Yeah That'll be what you sound like When you've had them 50 eggs on the,
0: And the egg On the classic <laughs> review of you egg breakfast Just Me sweating And hitting everything
1: Sweating and stinking of
0: eggs. So there was heat on uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Apparently, there were guys who actually wanted to punch Michaels, but had to be talked out of it because with Michaels' position in the company, it would cost them their job. Sonny <laughs> left <like laughs> no, no, yeah.
1: Uh, an anonymous person said, I didn't want to put... I, an anonymous person said, I wanted to kick the fuck out of him. He was taking the piss out of my business, Egg King. An anonymous person said... Yeah, I I, I keep egg king in
0: business. You've got a person that cannot be named. (laughs) Talking of eggs, Sonny left. (laughs) She's got a lovely set of eggs. (laughs) Uh, Sonny left the tour early because she was ribbed to death, including someone (laughs) taking a shit in her food at one point.
1: (laughs) What's fucking wrong with these people? They're arseholes, Rastle, Just arseholes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Chris Candido, who didn't leave early, was also being teased and harassed to death by the big boys who acted like schoolchildren. There's some sort of romantic triangle which would be nobody's business except when Sonny had to leave the tour, it becomes business, not personal. Sonny has a lot of heat since she isn't shy about giving her opinion in a business where most say won't say anything except behind people's backs. So, um, it, yeah, Dave said, it's a bit of a love triangle, but uh, it's nobody's business, but... We know from hindsight some of the stories about Sonny and Candido at this time. Well,
1: he also says here, supposedly, Bret Hart
0: was fed up with what happened. Yeah. So, uh, Bret was upset that Sonny went home. Yeah. And it made him feel even more strongly than he did before the tour about his thoughts on, you know, maybe staying away. Even though the consensus still is that he'll be coming back in about five months. <laughs> this is what we did before Twitter.
1: Yeah. Bored. What you do you want do? took a oh. shit in a dinner. Yeah. Took a shit in a dinner. Yeah. Fuck you, no. No, yeah. Fucking hell. No wonder to see widow.
0: Take a joke. No, you shit in a dinner, you weirdo. We're in Germany and you've shit on my breakfast of Speck <laughs> and Schweinfleisch. Nice one. <laughs> yeah. Silly arseholes. Talking of silly arseholes, But WCW news. Hey! Dave says expect WCW to fairly quickly go to Hogan versus Scott Hall and Giant versus Kevin Nash feuds before the inevitable Giant Hogan feud. So we'll have to wait and see. And supposedly, in other news, Hogan said no more jobs.
1: Yes, because um, on uh, on Nitro we, we were a few, we we're a little bit behind on the old Nitro front. But recently, he was beaten by Arn Anderson twice.
0: Hmm. But then immediately got his heat back. Yeah, of course he did. Sorry, I had a little hiccup. As I said, immediately. So I looked on Cage Match again. Hogan will do one more job in 1996, and he'll lose six times in '97. But some of these tag matches mm-hmm. so we don't even do job. This is, this is the year that inclu- includes the infamous dark match where he loses to Jacques fucking Rougeau because it was in Canada. Oh, yeah. And there's lots of DQ losses, but as we all know, no, they don't count. No. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's WCW. Mm. USWA. Vader mm-hmm. did USWA TV and got a big reaction. Oh, oh. Get this for a match. Go on. Vader and Brian Christopher in tag action... Versus Jeff Jarrett and
1: Mo. <laughs> you know when you play one of the old wrestling games, I think it's triangle for random. Yeah, <laughs> just somebody plays in random four yeah. times. Christ, Vader working his ass off in that match. Jeff Jarrett and Mo. Jesus. I mean, they're both musical. Yeah. <laughs> his name's Mo. His name's not Joe. <laughs> Mo, he and... kick
0: but with no <laughs> delay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What were the tag team of Jeff Jarrett and Moe have been called? Oh fucking Mojo, Jojo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Goldust turns up as him. Oh yes. That'd be lovely. Uh, one last little bit. Like I said, it was a wafer thin observer. Some random bollocks. I enjoyed this bit. Titan legal threats kept Doink and Dink from appearing on an indie show on April 27th in Deptford Township, New Jersey for IPWA. I think they've been
1: (laughs) very relaxed in the years since then on the Doink IP because the amount of shows in the West Midlands back in the day that would run Doink on the card... I had a feeling it was maybe the promoter who'd already wrestled earlier in the night but came back dressed as Doink yeah. uh, and was always on the poster as WWE Hall of Famer, Doink the Clown. Like, fuck. And then I think then the guy expanded because I remember there was a poster and he might be listed in it and I mean this with love, but it was fucking funny. Uh, it was the promoter and then it, the poster would feature Doink the Clown and another famous WWE Hall of Famer, Kim G. And he played both. <laughs> Why hire he, three people when you can hire one? As long as he didn't do it at the same time, like some kind of weird Roddy <laughs> Piper tribute. I mean, that'd be half, yeah, half doink, half kimchi. <laughs> that'd have been brilliant. That'd have been a lovely night, that would have been. Yeah, that's what, that's that's all the... It's quite weak in the rest, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite weak. What about the... Have we got any real world news? Oh, yeah, I meant to do real world news. Uh, guess what I forgot to do? <laughs> You forgot to make me some goddamn eggs. I forgot (laughs) to make you some eggs and I forgot to get the real world news. Completely forgot about the real world news. But don't you worry, I'm on it right now like a car bonnet. There probably won't be much change. I mean, there might be loads of changes. Who fucking Uh, knows? Let me see. So this is, again, Tom, will you edit this? Uh, No. No. 1996 box office. I completely forgot about it. I get all the other prep. I've got some fact finder missions in there and everything. And I knew I'd forgotten something. <laughs> and it was bloody this. Right. Uh, so in the U.S., Uh, Number one at the box office this particular week for April 29th, 1996, uh, is The Quest. The Quest. The Quest. So let me fill you in on The Quest. It's a martial arts film co-written and directed by Jean-Claude Van Damme, making his directorial debut. Also stars, uh, who also starred in the film, the film co-stars Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Roger Moore. And Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. That sounds fucking brilliant. Set <laughs> in 1925 and revolves around a martial arts tournament in the mysterious Lost City located deep in Tibet. Oh, God. It sounds very Jean-Claude Van Damme, doesn't it? Yeah. Incredibly Jean-Claude Van Damme. With his brother Robert in it? it. does. He's not listed, sadly. No. But that's not to say that he wasn't in it just for a bit of fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, number one in the UK box office this particular week also is the... Also the quest... No, that's the U.S. I want the U.K. box office, Your Honor. Thank you. <laughs> Number one film in the U.K. box office for April 20th. No, it's 12 Monkeys still. This is the Terry mm. Gilliam cut. Yeah. Which, uh, I, have you seen it? 12 Monkeys or the Terry Gilliam cut? The, the, the Terry Gilliam cut that is 12 Monkeys. I've seen ter- 12 Monkeys, yeah. It's by Terry Gilliam, isn't it?
0: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. When you said Terry I thought you meant like a director. Uh, yeah.
1: I, I sometimes use the word cut as in like, yeah. like it's something from them. I have seen 12 Monkeys, yes. <clears throat> Still number one in the uh, charts in America. For rather times of shit, the beard... For all the times I've in the bed, for all the times I've in the bed, for all the times I've in the bed, for all the times i the bat in the bed, bro! My name's Celine Dion and I am egg Uh Celine Dion's still number one because you love me. Oh, oh, I do there? You love you as well. Because mm-hmm. you love me. Number one in the UK, uh, the final week in the top of the charts for Rat Hang off the Mac. What's the game? Rat the, the Off Off the of <laughs> Cook up some eggs and boy, uh, Here I am. April 29th, 1996. Um, Rent, starring Edina Menzel, opens uh, at the Nederlander Theatre in New York City. Mm. Edina Menzel, who will go on to be... Eggbound. She probably would be. Uh, she'd also go on to be Elsa in the movie
0: Frozen. I've never
1: seen that. You've never seen Frozen? No. Why have you never seen Frozen? <laughs>
0: I don't think I'm the target audience. So, <laughs> but, no, I've, I've I've not seen I've not seen en- any of those modern kind of CGI Disney ones like Tangled, Frozen, or any of them.
1: Do you not just sometimes think I just want to watch that and put it on for a bit of fun. Like
0: Alex and I watch all the Disney's. Um, I only well, saw Disney House. I only are. saw Princess and the Frog for the first time about two years ago. Oh, and it emotionally crippled me for a week. I was so depressed after it. It's just upsetting film. <laughs> oh, good film, but I was just like. Oh, it was 2020, wasn't it? So it was just already a bit on the edge of the princess and the frog. We just spent a week just going... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Do you want some footy news? Give me some footy news. Uh, it was a few days after this episode of
1: Raw that the Football Association announced that Glenn Hoddle, a current Chelsea manager, will succeed Terry Venables as manager of the England football team. That will end well. That will end perfectly well. He'll say nothing offensive. It'll all be fine. Yeah. Mm. This is also the uh, this week in football history that Man U won the FA Premier League for the third time in four seasons. And a few days later, they won the FA Cup uh, for a ninth time by beating Liverpool. Yeah. The Tories lost 578 seats in local hey! council elections. Hey! Labour increased its total number of councillors to almost 11,000. We are close to the summer of things can only get better. Yeah. We we're close to the, uh, the summer of Tony Blair uh, in the UK, which is, you know, considering the, the political climate right now that we are in, mm. it's, it's fucking awful right now. But it's fun to look back <laughs> and remember when things were somewhat simpler. Somewhat simpler. Uh, not as simple. Uh, those are all the main bits of news. We, we covered for that quite well. The, that was... Woo! Good presenter producer, me. What a pro. What a pro. What a pro. If you're know anyone looking for a radio presenter and producer, do hire me. I could do with something to do on the weekends. Uh, let's look to Monday Night Raw for April the 29th, 1996. Right. Um, it starts great. It, it's already, a, like, before anything had happened, before anything had happened, like, live, it was already a good Raw. Because <clears throat> we got a little clip from, the, from In Your House, Good Friends, blah, 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 which featured the British Bulldog bursting into a locker room with Gorilla Monsoon and Doc Hendrickson and Bulldog, somewhat incoherent, going,
0: Sean's sleeping with my wife! Sean's fucking pooing his food! growing <laughs> sexy bastard, <laughs> sweating he says he's got a title shot on
1: May 26th. Title shot. But he ain't going to wait. And he starts walking to the ring as In Your House finishes. And everyone's trying to stop him. It's a great bit of footage of, like, Sean posing in the ring yeah. as In Your House is going off air that we saw, Yeah. unbeknownst to us, fucking Bulldog march into the ring. You fuck, my wife, do you, bastard. <laughs> like, oh. George Stunning. She's had a scowl on her face all day. <laughs> Got it. She looks well sad. (laughs) Something about not wanting to have sex with me. (laughs) He said, look, listen. Listen to me, Sean. She says she's got a headache. Why would she have sex with you? She won't have sex with me. Headache. Headache. Head for headaches. (laughs) Uh, Raw titles hit before we see what happens next. Bulldog does not get his hands on Sean Michael, sadly, but let's give it some time. Fireworks and excitement from Sioux City, Iowa for Monday (laughs) Night Vincent Jerry are ringside. Bart Gunn is in the ring. His music is playing like it's the new theme tune of Raw. It should have been. Uh, his opponent tonight is Mankind. Mm. Before the match starts, Jerry Lawler tells us the biggest news of the century. Jim Cornette is getting to the bottom of the biggest scandal in history tonight regarding Shawn Michaels' The Home Wrecker. Ugh. Plus, the Ultimate Warrior will make his Raw in-ring debut and stick the joint out against Isaac Yankum DDS later on. Spoilers. Spoilers, but way. <laughs> um, Bart Gunn and Mankind's our opening match tonight. Uh, we get a little cheeky recap of Mankind battering the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen him since then.
0: No sign of the Undertaker. Oh, one second. I think Mankind. Is no, like... no, no, no. We've seen it Mankind a few well, times. Yeah, we haven't seen Undertaker like, at all. He took a beating. Mm. Um, did you appreciate
1: some of the new sort of Mankind uh, entrance optics here? Oh, I didn't know. Very subtle one. bit, which I love. The bones off, where Mankind is in the corner and there's a camera perched above him yeah and it's shining down on him as he sat there cross-legged rocking back and forth but they've got like a, an effect on the lens so it looks like it's a silhouetted window oh so it just looks like he's like locked in a room oh no, I no it's, it's so good Mankind boots Bart in the guts, squeals as he rips and claws at Bart's face. Bart works over Mankind's arm for a bit. There was a great bit where Bart Gunn had Mankind up for like an arm breaker. Yeah. But Mankind just like wraps his arms around him and just leaps onto his back like a tortoise. Yeah. And just starts trying to get the claw on and Gunn just rolls out the ring. There's like a bit that takes like two seconds
0: and like Gunn knows what's coming and he's away. And when Gunn's on the outside, he's just... Mankind's trying to just fucking claw at him through the ropes. He's just like, I'm going to fucking break you. Bart looks like
1: genuinely, genuinely terrified of yeah. what's going on. Uh, Raw goes to break as Mankind hits a suplex outside the ring, Bart has a bit of momentum as the ads end. But Mankind quickly back a good troll. Vince reveals that the smoking guns are going to get back together on May the oh. 9th in Erie, Pennsylvania. Billy's been on the injured list for ages. He has, he has. And uh, thankfully he's on the comeback. Mankind hits an Undertaker special, an apron leg
0: drop. He did, he did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was an Undertaker special, wasn't yeah, it, at this yeah, point? Yeah. So
0: whether or not there was like, that was a move he incorporated later, but I'm sure I've seen him do it I think in he's our a, time together. He's always done it, but it wasn't until Michael Cole started calling it, vintage Undertaker. Right. That was Vince McMahon doing an impression <laughs> of Michael Cole there, but... Up. Oh, My, Michael Cole drew attention to it. Yeah,
1: he yeah. kind of made it, but like this is his thing. This mm. is his special. Bart bounces back. It's a nice missile drop kick. It's a nice dive and elbow, but only gets two. Very subtle finish because Bart mounts mankind with some punches, and as these punches are, hap- are, are raining down on mankind, mankind s- slips a finger in <laughs> <laughs> and oh. slips <laughs> slips the fingers down Bart's throat. Bart passes out. Mankind wins again. And then we realized that mankind's hand is bloodied. Yes. And we were chatting about this earlier. We couldn't quite figure out when it happened. Because,
0: yeah, because Jerry Lawler says at one point, he's like, oh, it looks like mankind's cut his nails a bit too close there. Mm. And he had blood on his hands, but he also had like an abrasion under his eye and there was blood all over Bart. But it wasn't like someone got busted hard way. It just seemed like... S- someone was open somewhere. Mm. And it was just, it looked uncomfortable. Yeah, it did look uncomfortable.
1: I couldn't yeah. quite make out what it was. Um, but Mankind wins again. Yeah. Thoughts on the match?
0: Okay. I thought the crowd were either dead or confused. You could hear a pin drop when it ended. Yeah. Because there's, because the finish was very subtle. Yeah. And obviously they're still establishing the Mankind character. We've seen him, mm. like you said, battle Undertaker, but this is just part of the... The up bit of the roller coaster for him, but it, it, it was it was it was fine. I thought Barkun, I I like Barkun, yeah, but yeah, just. It was it was a conf- confused crowd I'd say at
1: the end. Vince excited me briefly cuz he said coming up Stone Cold Steve Austin the undertake the ultimate warrior one on one. But I think he was going on to say with Isaac Yank and yeah. DDS but the way
0: that he'd inflected on it made it sound like Austin and the warrior were fighting. During this match as well Mankind was like mankind he is deranged. It was like take a shot every time Vince said <laughs> deranged. But at one point he fucked up and he went oh right hand by deranged
1: yeah he called him deranged
0: didn't he and Lola went don't you mean mankind he's like mankind deranged blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah mm.
1: I think Vince discovered a new word today he did deranged <laughs> uh, the deranged mankind wins again but Bart Gunn is being interviewed backstage by JR JR's trying to ask Bart about the move about yeah. the mandible claw because th- there's a there's a lovely energy around the man- mandible claw because a lot of people are like I can't figure this out like what is yeah. he doing this isn't a resting hold. this is you're paralyzing people. This is terrible. And Bart was trying to kind of catch his breath and explain how awful this move was. Uh, but then Mankind, deranged, jumps out of nowhere. Yeah. his fingers down his throat again. Yes.
0: And the refs are trying to pull him away. Right. Did you notice? Do you notice, I don't know if he's had it at this point, but he didn't have his traditional mandible claw guard. He just had tape on his hand.
1: Oh, I didn't spot he, he that. He was just taped
0: up this time, yeah.
1: Oh, do you reckon they're sort of swapping it out for just...
0: Tape rather than a, a maybe a, a glove, but mean there's I'm, more uh, movement, more, more movement with a. But I'm not sure ear. if like because I noticed the tape and I thought, has he had the glove yet? Mm, I'm sure he has. Yeah. I'm sure he has. He'll let us know if he hasn't. Uh, we
1: come back for another match and it's Scott Taylor versus Stone
0: Cold Steve Austin. It's another step forward on the Stone Cold train because oh. this week. Black knee pads, mm. plain black boots, black trunks, shaved head, Van Dyke beard.
1: He's black feeling rustic. more like Stone Cold every yeah. every single week. Yes. Uh, six years from this particular episode of Raw, we will go through after the SmackDown uh, with Steve Austin and Scotty Two Hottie, <laughs> uh, which is a fan. Fucking tastic bit of business on SmackDown in two thousand and one. Really? Math and I come into it in a bit. It's a promo where Austin throws down an open challenge and Scotty too hot he answers and it's Austin just degraded him going, who do you think you are? Really? You know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna kick your ass. Why are you here? <laughs> The state of you, like really just wears him down. And you could see Scotty's face just dropping as Austin's going, you're a piece of shit. You're pathetic. Why are you like, this isn't your fight. That's, I'm not going to wrestle you. I'm going to kick your ass. If you do this, you can go. And it looks like Scotty's leaving. And Austin's like, see, let it be known. He's a piece. And then suddenly out of nowhere, Scotty hits the bulldog on Austin. Nice. This crowd go Fucking mental! And he stands over Austin, about to do the worm. He gets as far as R. Oh, Austin springs up and fucking clatters, <laughs> then beats him up. <laughs> but what a fucking pop
0: when Scotty Tootie hits the bulldog on
1: Steve Austin at the height of his powers! Yeah,
0: amazing. I'm, bit gl- of business. I'm glad he got a bit of a time to shine because everything I've heard about Scotty Tootie is he's one of the nice guys of the business. Oh, as he's well. a dream! Yeah. Oh,
1: he was bloody lovely, yeah. bloody lovely. Put over Joe Endry on North at North. And then, and then Shreddy got to live out a lifelong dream and get the worm from Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> got
0: <laughs> to get the, heat, go get the heat back, brother.
1: brother. Uh, so uh, Savio Vega is on commentary for this match in 1996. He high-fives the Spanish announced team as he goes. "It's nice." And he challenges Stone Cold Steve Austin to a Caribbean strap match. Mm-hmm. Jerry Lawler decides to put his racism to 10 for no apparent reason in this one. Uh, Calls Savio Vega burrito breath. Says all Puerto Ricans are cowards for using straps. I don't get why all of a sudden Jerry
0: Lawler was okay. He's a heel. He has yeah. to be a heel. He was just a weird racist here. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you cowards for using straps. Like, hang on, Jerry Lawler, you'll have a strap match against Taz. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're fucking weird. And,
1: and my, I kind of went, is he trying to get start a feud with Savio Vega? Yeah. What if so? Why are we having
0: another Jerry Lawler feud? But soon. As soon as he said burrito breath as well, I thought, oh, that's not on Jerry. But I was also like, burritos are delicious. Yeah, <laughs> what
1: are you talking about? Oh, I'm the night is lovely. Yeah. Uh, it's a dominant showing from Austin, uh, who wins via stoppage with the million dollar dream. Not much to say about this. Imagine if was anything you pointed out nope. or you acknowledged that you thought,
0: oh, oh, well, part of the fact that Scott Taylor looked like Bob Holly. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> And as Steve Austin with a, a giant swing was a weird thing to see. Yeah,
1: that's a, a bit of an unusual move from the
0: uh, yeah from from the in, arsenal of in nineteen ninety six. It's just a weird. I, move.
1: D- I was trying to think whether I'd seen him do it since.
0: I don't, know. and I don't think that I have. I don't ever. I
1: don't recall it. No, like it's a move that I don't think. I don't think. I you seem to like catapult, which is kind of like a half
0: swing. Yeah, he does the gun stun as well. does Yeah, gun stun. Gunstun, no, gun stun's Carl Anderson. Stun gun. The stun gun is when they pop him on the ropes. Yeah. (laughs) They pop him on the ropes. Just pop him on the ropes. Pop him on the ropes. Just
1: pop him on the ropes. Uh, After the match, Savio gets on the microphone. He wants to challenge Steve Austin officially to a strap match. Do you accept yes or not? (laughs) <laughs> 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 Fuck off now <laughs> They shrug off the challenge but Then Vega gets to the ring and starts whipping Steve Austin with the strap As we go to break We will get a strap match between these two at a, As part of a highly cursed lineup For In Your House Beware of Dog. I've heard that's uh, a very good In Your House Where it goes off without a hitch And there's not a single technical problem Nothing could go wrong Oh no, it all went wrong <laughs> <laughs> That's for next, that's a few weeks' time uh, anything, anything to add from that
0: particular bit rooney No, I just put it's an offer match, dominant win for Austin, just to put over the strap match, wasn't it? That's all it does, isn't it? Scotty, once again, a
1: good hand in the mid-card for a good hand in the mid-card. <laughs> Monday Night Raw <laughs> is presented by M&M's. Would you like an M&M's fact finder? Oh, would I ever? Oh, I thought you might. It's on me phone here. Right. M&M's are proof positive that Americans are stealing bastards. Let me explain. <laughs> it was back in the 1940s that Forrest Mars Senior, the son of the Mars Company founder Frank C. Mars was spotted during the Spanish Civil War in the 30s that sold... Sorry, so, so during the Spanish Civil War, soldiers were eating sweets that were like chocolate pellets with a coloured shell... Uh, of what confectioners called hard panning, which is the hardened sugar syrup, surrounding the outside of it. Now, this stopped the sweets from melting, which was very useful when you have them in sort of tubes and stuff. And you're yeah. like eating some chocolate on the go. And they went, what a great idea. These were, of course, Smarties. Yes. And Americans went like that. Can't wait to steal it and that's what the Mars Corporation did <laughs> let's put worse chocolate in it the, yeah the, how do we make it different we put shit chocolate in it yeah you fucking did come at me Americans you do chocolate weird apart from mint M&M's are fantastic they're alright at least Australia's got an excuse because it's so fucking hot there they've got yeah. to pump it with steroids to keep it afloat yeah. Yours, what's your excuse just shit pallets. yeah <laughs> <laughs> production began. Oh, my, oh the email's going to be hilarious this week. Production began in 1941 uh, in Clinton Hill, Newark, Newark New Jersey. Mm. Uh, the company founded was M&M Limited. Do you know why it's called M&M? Mars and Mars? Mars and Mars. Father and son called it M&M. That is where the name came from. The arrangement allowed... Okay, so they basically the M&M Limited company... Uh, was a combination of the Mars Company, the Newark Company, uh, and also a subsidiary of Hershey chocolate. Uh, The president of Hershey, William F. R. Murray, had a 20% share in the product, which meant that Hershey chocolate went in M&M's. And that's Ah. why they taste
0: shit! Hershey's is horrible.
1: Hershey's? More like, Hershey's? Am I right, kids? Your chocolate's fucking crap. (laughs) <laughs> it is though. Most, mostly. No, the Hershey's is awful. Hershey's is horrible. Hers- I don't. America Why? And the, but then they'll go. Oh my god, I had a dairy milk and it was weird. No, it was not, that's you're just you're just not used to nice chocolate.
0: You're psychopath. I like. Yeah. And
1: you say soccer instead of rounders. I
0: I, <laughs> I do like a milk dud. And they always get shit on by Americans. It's just like milk dots of crap. It's like they're just nuggets of curly whirly. It's wonderful.
1: Yeah, see that's it. That we've just gone hey, here's a curly whirly. Yeah, they've just gone let's chop up a curly whirly. Yeah, see what you've done there. Uh, now during World War Two, M and M's were exclusively sold to the military mm. as a nice way of keeping the boys' spirits up during the difficult times. Uh, of course, at the end of the war, they went. You know what? The rest of America will like these. Uh, Today, half the production of M&M's occurs uh, at the New Jersey factory, half at a second factory in Cleveland, Tennessee that opened in the late 70s. In 1949, the brand introduced a tagline that says, the chocolate that melts in your mouth and not in your hand.
0: Which Jerry Lawler fucked up on Raw.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did, didn't he? He went, the chocolate that melts in your hand. Um, your mouth, not the <laughs> hand. Shit, it does melt in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. uh, but how do you make them different from Smarties? Because after all, you did rip them off, apart from the taste being rank compared to Smarties. I don't know why I'm going in on her. She's an m You're sweet. a big
0: fan of Smarties, though.
1: I, I, do, I do like Smarties. I do like Smarties. I do like Smarties. Only
0: Smarties have the answer. Uh, they, do, they do, don't they? Mm. Do
1: you remember when they did a thing? I don't know whether I'm too old. Um, I, well, I know I'm too old. Um, but they did a thing where a certain colour of Smarties orange. was stolen. Was it the orange Smarties that was stolen? <laughs> Straight away, it was like, oh, yeah. The
0: yeah. great the great orange Smartie hikes of, like, 1995. And
1: therefore, if you found one, you could win money. Yeah, That's great, that was. Yeah. Spent, I, every pack of Smarties I had, I had to empty them all out. It was orange. And uh, <laughs> the problem is, probably problem is I'm colourblind. Well, I could have been a millionaire, and I'd have never known. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they did it with hula hoops, didn't they? If you found the hula hoop that didn't have a hole in it. You won like ten grand, Christ. and it was just a block of fried potato. Remember
1: when Doritos did it, and they said find this shard of glass that looks exactly <laughs> like a Dorito. Yeah, <laughs> mouth covered in blood. I've won quid <laughs> and a tetanus jab. Nineteen fifty-four was the introduction of what? Peanut M and M's. Peanut M and M's, but only in the colour tan. Mm. They added yellow, red, and green down the line. Okay. Spice it up a little bit. The color orange in 1976 was officially added to replace red. Uh, they were discontinued because of, in a response to the red dye scare. It was Beatles. Yes.
0: Yes. Not not the Liverpool beat combat. Yes, John <laughs> John Lennon had poisoned all the Skittles. I'll tell you what to think of Eminems. I think they are a poor man smarty. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even the best drummer in the Eminem's. <laughs> Famous bring, line. Bring back the sexy Eminem. I want to have sex with the sexy Eminem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're bigger than the Eminem's.
0: Get out. Uh, it
1: wasn't until the eighties that Australia, Canada, Hong Kong, Japan, Malaysia, and the UK. Finally got M M's. I thought it was sooner than that. No. we were very late to it. And now they're very much part of Oh, uh, know as part of the advertising campaign for like the UK, they released M and Royals. Uh now chocolate's got a whisper of mint in them. Ooh. Mmm. That's where your minty ones come from, isn't it? Because you, you can't get them in the UK anymore.
0: You no. You can get them in America, but they're hard to come by. Or you can get them seasonally in Canada. And they're fucking lovely. They are lovely. I'll give you that. United States. Mint M&Ms are fucking great.
1: They do some things well in America. Yeah. That's one of them. Almond-scented M&Ms, Almond-scented M&Ms were available in the late 80s. Uh, and they still make the occasional appearance around Christmas and Easter time. But mm-hmm. they're pretty rare these days as well. Uh, and uh, since then, the M&Ms have enjoyed a wonderful, healthy, peaceful life across the planet. With peanut butter M&Ms being added to the equation in 1991. Yeah. Which is very nice. Thank There's, you for
0: doing that. I've had birthday cake M&M's. Nice. Pretzel M&M's. What I don't understand is M&M World. Why is that a fixture in shit touristy parts in every city? People going to London, it's like, ah, oh, M&M World. And everyone else like, we don't really care about... Well, we have... M&M's are popular here, but it's like... But yeah, but why do, they, why do they warrant their own store? Yeah. Is the question. In, in, in the middle of London. Who's going to London and thinking, ooh, better get M&M's. They're very London. No. Go go to Pie and Mash World next <laughs> door. Take a pocket. Please of, come in. Take a, take a pocket of mash home.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry. We ran, we ran out of bowls. We'll have to go up your pockets. Go on, have a bit. I have a friend that works for Lush. And when I always... There's those little moments during the pandemic where... I, they still make me smile, and it was when the pandemic was hitting, and they kind of everyone was just started figuring out what to do. Do we shut everything? Do we put special masks on? Do we wear hats? I don't know. We don't quite know. Yeah. And I, but the big thing that went was like like samples and stuff from stores had to be removed because everyone's touching everything. And Lush were the first to announce this, and there was a, a post on one of their Facebook pages that said. Um, Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we will not be supplying uh, samples around the store. But if there's something in particular you would like to try, please ask one of our staff, can spatula some for you? I've never heard the word spatula as a verb. I was like, can I have, can can you spatula that? (laughs)
0: Flick it. Oh, I got (laughs) spatulaed. It smells nice and it's organic, but we <laughs> fucking eye.
1: It does sound like something when you have too much to drink. Sorry, I got spatulated last night. She told me last night, spatulated up <laughs> the arsehole. Fucking spatulated. He smelled, he smelled like a lovely bath. <laughs> um, Why was I saying with that? Why did I say spatulas? I friend and lush. Friend and lush, spatula, either way. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to Raw. Bro. Uh, we have um, a little bit of business to take care of in the ring the British Bulldog Jim Cornette and Diana Hart Smith it's a bit of a midnight is drama going on about a lady called Diana cheating on a very British husband what are the chances of that happening Sure. <laughs>
0: Fucking mm. Paul Burrell Ken... shit
1: in Diana's <laughs> lunch. Oh, it's Cornette Paul Burrell in all this. <laughs> um Sean Michaels once okay, they're all waiting in the ring. These three are. Sean Michaels heads out to the ring with Jose Lothario. I've only just realized that the heartbreak kid has a manager whose surname is Lothario.
0: Mm. <laughs> Why has that only just dawned on me? Joe, you know it was even better though. Because I like when Jose Lothario is there because he's in like a lovely shirt. Jim Cornette in his suit, Diana's in a pantsuit. Sean's in, you know, his entrance gear and the belt. And Davey's just there in his undies. Pants. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, Try, just been trying to cop off about that. Said no. I ain't got time to put a shirt on, I'm boiling. Said he's got a sore knee.
1: <laughs> Sean puts himself over, having beat Brett in an Iron Man match and Diesel in a no-holds-barred match, saying that he'll adapt to any style and any dance. Jim Cornette gets wound up with a key, and off he fucking goes. He wants to talk to Sean about Sean chatting up Diana Hart-Smith. Here's what happened. During Bulldog's tag match at In Your House, we spot Diana Hart-Smith getting a message from one of the security staff and leaving... Now, apparently, she was told that there was a problem with Jim Cornette backstage she needed to attend to. When she got backstage, apparently, no Jim Cornette, but there was Shawn Michaels wanting to usher her into a dark corner. <laughs> with his lad in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed like with a little Jim Cornette racket. <laughs> Here you go, baby. Jim Cornette claims that Shawn propositioned Diana Hartsmith backstage. Quote, What kind of stinking animal would be in the back in a dark corner cozying up to someone else's woman? What kind of pervert would grab an innocent woman and try and corrupt, sully, and desecrate her? She's not a scarlet woman, but you, Shawn Michaels, are a sleazebag. He then tells Shawn Michaels to look into the eyes of the woman he tried to deflower. Deflower calling Shawn Michaels a fornicator. <laughs> Here, look at Diana Hartsmith.
0: Tell him, Diana. It's the fact he said deflower? It's like what? So was the birth of their kids immaculate conception? Immaculate conception. Baby Jesus put it there. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Now, Diana
1: speaks. Sean, I know that you want me. That is honestly the, the level of delivery of this line.
0: Would you say that was more or less about the same as the delivery? About the same, but I'm... unlike Diana Hart Smith, you don't sound exactly like Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> She's like Sean, you know, Sean. I know you want me. <laughs> that's even more accurate.
1: <laughs> that's even more accurate. Cause I thought she was gonna say something else. I so I kinda leaned in and went, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's your bit.
0: Oh fuck! Thank,
1: thanks, for stopping by, Diana. Brett got all the charisma. Yikes! It um, a shallow pool to begin with. Um, <coughs> zero conviction from Diana Hartsmith. Yeah. Shaw Michaels' response, with all due respect, do not flatter yourself. And this leads to. Uh, I don't think Diana Hartsmith's a bad looking woman. I quite fancy Diana Hartsmith. She's Mrs. Calgary in 1997. Yeah, and that ain't just handed out to any, any, uh, any just, she's Soul. She's got a face like a smacked ass. That's all. <laughs> she's just trying really hard to act. Yeah. Like act concerned or constipated yeah. or into it. It's hard to tell. She then slaps Shaw Michael <laughs> across the face. I mean, the camera cut hid how bad this slap was. Yeah. But it was a slap nonetheless. Sean takes a few steps back, and there's Bulldog in his pants. And Sean says, I guess we know who wears the pants in the Smith family. Oh will fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> to which Bulldog goes, I'm wearing pants. And they just start brawling. They start brawling as we go to break. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Davey Boy Smith You Shagged My Wife story arc of 1996. We have reached the Holy Grail. Ugh.
0: Your thoughts, Jack? I didn't like this. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Watch your malfunction. It was phenomenal. It was effective at drawing heat for an upcoming match. It was effective. Mm. They've put tension behind this. The crowd perked up for Sean Zinger's and for the fight at the end... But, Diana Hartsmith
1: perked up the children's singing. But
0: between Diana Hartsmith being terrified and Jim Cornette going on for 50 fucking minutes... <laughs> a fornicate! A flower! A shagger! It's like... Shagger! It's like, we get it, Jim? Jesus Christ. He tried to grip Diana. Yeah, I wasn't into this.
1: <laughs> I think it's also extra funny in hindsight when we know what fucking... What a fucking piece of work Shawn Michaels was anyway. Yeah. We're like, you're a fucking awful shag around her. And we're all like, yay. Well, just, I mean, I I, I think the, as the story will probably tell, like, Sean
0: wasn't hitting on Diana. Mm. But we all went, yeah, I could probably believe that, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> and it's, it's probably in his ballpark. You're saying in hindsight with knowing what Sean was like at times in the 90s. But I think also with hindsight with how much we love Bulldog as yeah. well. <laughs> I mean, I am pulling for Bulldog in this. Oh, yeah. We're rooting for Bulldog, for, for his, the
1: pay-per-view with his name on the tin. Mate, <laughs> hey, he's getting his own pay view I'm so happy. Beware of dog. Beware. Beware of fucking technical issues.
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile oh. can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact...
1: Right. We come back from the break. Sean's heading to the back and Marty Giannetti walks past him in, on the arena and they barely react to each other. It's like walking past your ex yeah. in
0: town. Really weird. Well, you can't let on, but you're trying so hard mm. not to let on that you don't look like a human. Yeah. It's like, I have never moved my neck or head. <laughs> I've always had my head pointing this way. I have to turn at the waist to see people. So that's why I did not see my ex there. <laughs> it's a song
1: by Ian McConnell uh, about about relationships ending, and it's like, and uh, one of the lines is "Wish we could have stayed friends when I never meant to be." Relationship ended. We uh, did so many things, and now we're strangers again. And I don't know why I thought of that song as I watched Sean and Marty <laughs> passing by and barely responding. I was like, ah, oh, you should hang out. Used to be best buddies, but now you're not. Because Sean
0: got you fired because he's a cunt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is that too. <laughs> Marty Giannetti is not alone, though. He is walking by with that. Is that Al Snow? Alan Snow. Alan Sarvan. Mate, it's the new Rockers. Hey. Little fact finder on the new Rockers. Give us some new Rockers. So back in early 1996, Marty Jannetty was really fucking lonely. What was Shawn Michaels going off being a mega fucking star? Finsfoot Man, for some reason, went, I'm sorry that Shawn Michaels is me off being a mega star, Marty Jannetty, but here, this is Al Snow. (laughs) Which I feel like, with the greatest respect to Alan Sarvin, who will probably agree with this as well, it's a bit like saying, oh, I'm really sorry your PS5 was stolen. Here's a trifle. (laughs) (laughs) And you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. it's like. fine, but I just can't play really Graphic daughter five on it. Um, this, so, and this would lead to the new partnership of the Rockers. Now, anybody that's seen the new Rockers will know, that's not like the Rockers. The Rockers were cool as shit. Midnight Rockers in the AWA. Their whole shtick was they go out and get pissed, shag women, and come back and wrestle high-flying style This isn't the wrong answer at all. Well, the idea was to to more or less be a return to the Rockers gimmick. Initially, that was the plan. Make them high flyers, because, you know, uh, Al Snow can do the high flying stuff, as he's proven. Marty Jannetty can still go. However, a decision was made by parties within WWF to make them silly instead, Mm. and instead become comedy heels. Uh, Marty Janetti, in the book *The Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame: Tag Teams*, uh, they were told that they wanted to, they they were, in, they were to be inspired by the uh, by the uh, the the energy of 1960s TV show *The Monkeys*. Where were the monkeys? People say we monkey around, which is so far removed from what the Midnight Rockers were all about. Definitely, yeah. Mm. Uh, Al Snow was renamed after. The uh, with a, as a mashup of seventies idols David Cassidy and Leaf Garrett birthing Leaf Cassidy, going against his better judgment, Marty Giuliani went yeah all right it's a gig. Uh, if nothing else, Janetti says it will help Al Snow sort of find his new sound because at this point, Al Snow has been himself. He has been Avatar. Uh, he's been Shinobi for one Shinobi week. Shinobi for wasn't... one week, and nothing's really landed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, there's a lot of love for Al backstage. So they're trying to get him. So like, if nothing else, it's going to help him get on TV and stuff like that.
0: It's <laughs> not until he went, "Oh, Paul Amon can you do anything with him?" And he went. Yeah, I'll get him fucking really over <laughs> <laughs> Easy, mate. Here's a head. Here's the prodigy. <laughs> get out there. And then Vince watches
1: that going, hey, who's this great guy? Are you just... Marty Gennetti was later informed that former tag partner Shawn Michaels had been the one to suggest to change the gimmick. <laughs> the- oh! Yeah, don't say! <laughs> fucking asshole. <man>. <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing back the Rockers. Yeah, what are you making really geeky. Yeah, it's a great idea, Sean. And huh? I'd tell Marty Gennetti, his shit.
0: Because I thought it was well, the end of 95, he was kind of upper mid-card mm. on Raw, especially yeah. on Raw. And then he just disappeared for a bit. And I was like, oh, he's with... He's with Al Snow now.
1: He's a little joky team with Alan Sarvin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was he was like a proper strong mid-card Yeah, act. A few of many occasions on Raw, like Marty Jett, has been an MVP. Yeah. I think one of the best matches of early Raw history was him versus Doink in a two out of three falls match. Ooh, Matt Bourne Doink. Matt Bourne Doink. Ooh. They had a great match. Marty Jett, on the odd occasion, would just turn up and have a banger. Mm. When he's locked in, phenomenal worker at this That's point. The think, phenomenal isn't worker. Keeping him locked in. But now he's with Leaf Cassidy. They are facing the Godwins. Henry O and Phineas I uh, and and Hillbilly Jim, they have the dog with them, but now they also have pigs with them.
0: Yeah, poor little hog dragon, a
1: frightened little pig. That pig didn't want to go, did he? No, and then the rockers.
0: Tried to frighten it. I was like, leave the fucking pigs alone.
1: I didn't like this. It made Uh, me a bit sad. Yeah, it did. Like, they they were pulling the pig along, and the pig's like, trotters firmly on the terra firma, and like they are actually dragging this pig along, and all this noise and chaos. I think eventually Phineas picks him up and carries him, and the pig looks slightly happier about that. Yeah,
0: well, I think Phineas was carrying his all the way. It was Henry who was pulling his. And then picked it up. Right, fair enough. they They had a
1: little pig each. Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah. And then in the ring, they each had little pigs and then they had the dog. And I thought it was a nice little combo, but geez, those animals look terrified to be there.
0: I uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm not
1: massive on animals. Someone said yes. to me about bringing Pablo to the wrestling, to North Wrestling. I was like, no he, way. He He'd have a horrible time. Freak him
0: right out. It's like Terrified to think of me putting him down. Him just darting off. Well, th- this is the first podcast since th- more of the CM Punk backstage fight news came out with like Larry. Mm. It was parties claiming that Larry had his teeth hit out and stuff and larry seems like a lovely lad but don't take a dog to a show like when Damn. cody used to take pharaoh and they were setting off fireworks and stuff it's like that poor little bastard
1: having said that i am giving some thought to bringing pablo in one friday yeah just i think in our office because the windows are shut and the door is like a heavy closing door he ain't gonna run off too far and he's got a little he's, there's a few hidey corners that he can go and hide in if he gets a bit yeah stressful he can go and just chill out i might bring him in one friday to have a little wander around.
0: I think he might like it. As long as he shits near Triple i I'm,
1: I'm hoping that he will, I'm hoping that he'll get on Ben or Peter's desk and just fall asleep on one of their keyboards. Yeah. <laughs> and all production stops that day. <laughs> That'd be funny. Anyways, the new Rockers versus the Godwins. Yes. Uh, Phineas thinks he stands a chance with Sonny. This is the story we're telling here. He's got a photo of her with ev- and everything. Uh, Godwin's threatened to slop the New Rockers early in the match. Uh, Sonny, picture in picture, is asked about who the body donors would rather face the tag titles. She said she needs to take a closer look. and She heads ringside. Big pop for Sonny as the crowd goes to break. <laughs> they could not give a flying fuck, no. a flying fornicate about the Godwins and the New Rockers when Sonny is out there. Big Sonny chants when we come back from the break as well. Uh the Rockers are good, but they are utter geeks. <laughs> Big Sonny chant continues, uh, which says everything about the state of the tag division right now. If Sonny if they if Vince could have got away with putting the tag team titles on Sonny, yeah. he probably would have put the tag titles on Sonny.
0: Well, it's some summed up by you, Sonny goes up to the camera with the t- titles, goes, they're a nice pair, aren't they? I mean the titles. <laughs> ah, not my tits.
1: <laughs> that are also nice. Tits. Phineas nearly dies going over the top at one point. <laughs> it's after Henry O count as Marty's top wrote nothing into hot tags to Phineas. Weirdly, Leif Cassidy pushes Henry O into the hot tag. Yeah. Weird that. Uh, yeah. Did you see Phineas nearly break his neck? Yeah. Gee, so he goes flying over the top. It's something that you may have seen uh, with a, a wrestling promoter. that's done the rounds <laughs> recently. Oh, <laughs> I watched that yesterday. I think it was Cassidy <laughs> Haynes and Body Slam. That yeah, he did. And there's a promoter in a, putting himself in a, in a battle royal. Never a good idea. No. Don't if you promote wrestling, don't put yourself in the matches.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm like, just saying it. If if
0: you need to do a spot, like I don't know, take
1: a clothesline or just I, maybe don't take a maybe just play SmackDown when you get
0: home. Yeah, that's what I. But do. if you insist on it, don't don't fucking take an over the top rope bump. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck I couldn't literally couldn't run the rope. He walked the ropes.
1: Yeah he's not a trained wrestler. Oh. I know and we know but don't do a wrestling. It's for, there were like 12 people there. Come on let's not be silly. <laughs> anyway, fitness doesn't die thankfully but they all brawl outside the ring Um, Hillbilly Jim chases Sonny away and then the ref calls for a double count out nobody wins, nobody cares the teams keep fighting, the new rockers make a run for it and the Godwins are livid that's the match, thanks. <laughs> Just a bit boring wasn't it? Just a bit Just a lot of... Oh, hang on. Uh, Jackins is showing me his notes. Under thoughts, he's just put, shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just shit with it. Half the match was fucking Phineas Godwin doing his mule book thing. And the Rockers run to the outside and go, he's mental him. And they're out there for about 40 seconds and Tim (laughs) White counts to four and they get back in the ring. At the end of the match, they're out there for two seconds and both teams are counted out. I think even Tim White just goes, i just get this away.
1: mm,
0: yeah, when I said earlier with mankind, oh, this crowd seemed confused. It's not a good crowd. But... Hey, talking to mankind. Let's go backstage. Oh. Jim Ross is in the boiler
1: room. Well, he's on his way down to the boiler room. Yeah, uh, but mankind is on the stairs just before you go in. Uh, he's on his knees at the bottom of the stairwell, explaining how, as an adult, he explored all the human body's pressure points, so that he found a great one under the tongue, where, with enough force, he can cause temporary paralysis. The only hope for mankind. The only hope is mankind's love for humanity. When you're trapped in the mandible claw, I assure you, I have. None. Jr. asks if mankind fears the retribution of the Undertaker. To which I thought, I don't remember him being in the faction. Uh, (laughs) Mankind is surprised how easy it was to subdue the Undertaker and tells Taken
0: to not be a gutless ghoul and face him.
1: Amazing. Yeah.
0: Oh. I loved it. I've been liking, on this episode, the sudden use of Jim Ross as the roving backstage reporter. Yeah,
1: it works for him, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: because I like it in wrestling in general. Like, again, recently, AEW, we've had Renee Paquette turn up, and I've been advocating for ages to get Jim Ross doing it again with like the sit-down interviews and stuff. So it's good. There's a reason everyone knows Mean Gene, because he's fucking brilliant. Just have mm. someone backstage saying, Oh, shit, wasn't it? what you think? Get it.
1: And it's making them, <laughs> that's a spot on mean and Gene impression. <laughs> but it's making them persona in themselves. Vince was really against anything that wasn't the wrestler's shining. And I yeah. kind of, I can on a base level, I can see where he's coming from. You want everybody to be larger than life and bigger characters. Therefore, by not giving the referees names, not really acknowledging the announcers, not giving the announcers anything pertinent to say, you achieve that. By the wrestlers, therefore having the. But then, if what the rest is saying is shit, then the whole yeah. thing is shit. I don't mind us giving Kathy Kelly a, a persona, yeah. or giving the refs names. It's fine. It
0: feeds into this big living, breathing organism. It makes yeah. it, it, it. If you, like you said, you can understand the logic behind just having the focus on the superstars, but it does make it a bit. Robotic, a bit it? soulless. Yeah, which is why like Kathy Kelly
1: coming back on the WWE side of it, and Renee Paquette turning up on the AEW yeah. side of it meant there's actually a push to make this less. No, I think I think AEW actually weren't. They're not guilty of this at all. No, because they have Tony Schiavone doing stuff. They have Jim Ross doing stuff. They have Mark Henry doing stuff. They have your main Man. They do. You know, they 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 embrace the fact that you know the people who are delivering the interviews are characters unto themselves. Yeah, and you know, and and I give enough grief to AEW, but I'll go. That's a nice thing you're doing. Thank you for doing that. Uh, WWE should do it more, and I think they are. Uh, they certainly are at this point, because Jim Ross is chatting with Mankind in the boiler room. Lovely little bit with Mankind. It was
0: good, yeah. Uh, and and they're really putting over the mandible claw. Yeah. Because we've seen it a few times of him winning with it, but this week it was just like, what is it with you putting fingers in the mouth? And he's just like, I'm basically trying to rip your jaw <laughs> It's like, oh, From Paralyzing people. That's like the control thing. It's like, yeah.
1: let's like paralyze people, and then it's up to me whether I let you go, and I don't feel any fucking sympathy.
0: And like we said, great... Finishing move because it's working without working and, and no matter what size you are like yeah.
1: everyone's risked for it and, and, and I think Bart Gunn did such a little lovely little subtle job of selling it in that first couple of seconds of their match where he bails from the ring Yeah, and Mankind looks like he's about to sink it in like selling the panic that the roster has for this guy who is quite willingly just like sticking his fingers down people's throats
0: was it the last time we saw Mankind was it Aldo Montoya yeah. Where Just Incredible was spitting up afterwards. Oh, he? God, he was being sick, wasn't it? It was like yeah. he was foaming
1: at the mouth. Yeah. Great. So good. Everyone's just selling it beautifully. Undertaker hasn't been seen since he got put in it. No. Amazing. Amazing. Main events, not so much though. Here we go. There's five minutes left of Raw. I don't think this is going the distance. It is Isaac Yankum, DDS, the future Glenn Jacobs. Did you notice though that uh
0: Isaac Yankum was Grown his hair out a bit, grown a bit of a. If, yeah. you squint, if you squint, he looks a bit like Diesel, doesn't
1: he? If you squint. Don't be fucking stupid! Yeah, I
0: mean, I, I had my glasses off at the time and I'm mm-hmm. blind as a bat, but I was like, is that he Diesel? Like, I was like, I
1: don't I know if I've got, ever seen you without your glasses
0: on. I've got the tiny eyes of You've a got crab. Tiny eyes, can I try your glasses on? Oh, I mean. It's a little exclusive for the Patreon. You will be sick.
1: Wow. You are blind, aren't yeah, you? Yeah.
0: <laughs> at, least, at least you didn't say the stupid fucking line. What's the stupid line? When people try on my glasses and go, I don't just see out of these. I'm just like, you're fucking not Well, what else? <laughs> I know how you
1: see out of them because they complement the vision that you currently have. Yeah. That's <laughs> how you see out of them. Just my vision doesn't complement them, which is why, yeah, oh gosh. Do you know what? I've never put anyone's glasses on and got motion sickness until today. Honestly. That's incredible. But I get why, you, yeah, I'm going to take them off because I do generally. Yeah wow yeah, that's amazing but they help you and that's the important bit yeah but if I take them off
0: you know Isaac Yankum looks a bit like these it does yeah I can see that now you've got motion sickness (laughs) with your glasses on it's fucking horrible wow (laughs) but my mum once asked me because some in our family have had laser eye surgery and he's like oh would you would you do it and I was like It's got a tiny little
1: face. It, it, the glasses complement your face. Yeah. Yeah, I often wanted glasses for that same reason. Yeah, feel like they'd enhance some features, but I'm cursed with decent eyesight. I thought for a while that um, I was going deaf because sometimes Alex would, um, would shout me and, she'd, and I wouldn't hear her or like I wouldn't hear her come through the door. And uh, I go, oh gosh, I didn't realize. I, and then I worry about it and then I went to get my ears checked and uh, they did like an ear, They did like a, a test on each ear. Yeah. They put lights down there to check for blockages and sort of that. And they went, "There's no blockages, and you passed all your hearing tests." Oh. And I was like, oh. "Oh wow!" So what do you think it is? So it could be like psychosomatic. I said, i hadn't thought of that before." And then Alex went, "So basically, you're just muting me out." <laughs> and I said, "I think I am. <laughs> I think I'm not doing it deliberately, <laughs> but I think I must be. Like, if there's nothing wrong with them, yeah. I think I think more often than not, I think I just." I'm always... like My head never stops worrying. So I just think that whilst the the, the tools are working, I'm not operating them.
0: <laughs> so you're like... If you see what I mean. Are you saying that you're the basis for the comic The numbs Course? <laughs> Radar. Blinky. <laughs> fucking <What>? smells McGee. <laughs> Cruncher. And brainy. I think I am. Yeah? I think I am the numbskulls. I num- used to school. fucking love the numbskulls. Phenomenal, the numbskulls. Yeah, I think I am the numbskulls. It just looked cosy. I was <laughs> like, oh, look at them there in the little department.
1: A <laughs> lovely little job, didn't it? The numbskulls. The Inside Out came along. I was like, that's not the numb no. Um Talking of numbskulls. Yes. Isaac Yankum, DDS is in action. Jerry Lawler's at ringside. Uh, and he's facing the ultimate warrior. Here he comes! Warrior runs out, runs around the <laughs> ring, runs to the back. There he goes. This is a funny line from Vince. And then I thought, is he going to come out wearing something funny? Is yeah. he going to come out with somebody?
0: No, he's just just running back out like nothing happened, and he looks fucking knackered. <laughs> the best was the first time he came out. He booted the bottom of the A of the Raw set and broke <laughs> it. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Like the because st- you've got the you've got the top of the A. But the way they've got it, they've got a screen there, and then there's just these feet bits. Oh! And he boots that foot, and it just fucks off. So it's... it stops being raw and it becomes rapoo. Not <laughs> <laughs> that rapoo. Yeah.
1: I didn't spot that. Yeah. Is that why he runs back?
0: I don't know. I thought because it woke the crowd up, mm. and I thought, oh, has he come out and thought I'll go back, get it, do it again, the pop even louder.
1: Ah, one. so maybe he's thinking like get the extra pop. Yeah.
0: But what he didn't count on was being fucking naked. Yeah, I mean, he was going that long. This was playing bits of his theme I didn't know existed. <laughs> it's the flute solo in the middle. I was like, oh, that's lovely. I <laughs> Never heard that one before. <laughs> um,
1: want a degree from Ultimate Warrior University? Watch WWF Mania.
0: Mm. <laughs> Are you familiar with Ultimate Warrior University? No, but I bet it's a load of pseudoscience bullshit. <laughs> I, I, it's something
1: that we're going to dig into in a later podcast. Does it involve um, destrucity? Uh, that I I would not be surprised if it involves a little bit of a study in the world of distrusity. Mm. But it's one that we'll dig into in another podcast. I also received an email um, outlining Warrior's AOL chat, Ooh. which I will touch on next week Okay, because I don't have the email to hand, but thank you for whoever sent it in. We'll get into that next week. Um, Warrior runs around the ring, runs back, and then the match starts. He bounces Kane around the ring for a little while, and then we go to break. When we come back, Warrior is Warrioring up. Close line. Close line. Close line. Shoulder tackle. Big splash. One, two, three. Thanks for coming. Get paid by the hour. Absolute drumming. He throws him out of the ring post-match. And Jerry Lawler, who's been on commentary the whole time, wants to get in there and give Warrior a piece of his mind. But oh, he's cable for his headset's not long enough, so he can't. Mm. And that's the payoff. And that's the end of Raw. Warrior poses and then he leaves. That's that's how what a fucking awful man event. <laughs> Warrior seems so out of place. Yes. In all of this. He really does. Yeah. Like he doesn't like it's not like he's come back and he's like a credible challenger for Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Doesn't just doesn't look out of it just looks out of
0: place. He's just there.
1: Yeah. Like a weird side attraction. Yeah. You couldn't put him in the in the thoroughfare of you tried to with the Goldust match, and that was what it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, to be fair, Ultimate Warrior versus Isaac Yankum. we weren't expecting. No, but the then Sour Kibashi where <laughs> we've But
1: sort... then, what can you do with Warrior? Like, yeah, I think this is the problem. Like, everybody else is in different ballparks, different yeah. playing fields. Yeah. And...
0: yeah,
1: yeah. That's the issue.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> what do you think of Raw this week, Tom? It started off quite well, yeah, and then just sort of <laughs> dribbled off the end, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Like so many eggs, yeah. just just just. What, you what did you think of it? I
0: thought it was terrible. Oh really? Yeah. Crowd were bad, but can you blame them? Yeah. They were given crumbs. <laughs> they were given actual crumbs. <laughs> we had we had a, a, a muted response to ma- mandible claw mankind win. Mm. We had an Austin match, which was just a squash over Scott Taylor. We had a fucking double count out for the new Rockers versus the Godwins. And then we had Isaac Yankum versus the Ultimate Warrior with bits of Bulldog and Mankind bollocks scattered in. It wasn't one for the live crowd, though. Yeah, it
1: wasn't. Uh, you put it like that. It certainly wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I think it start, as strong as it was going to be, it started strong at the top and then it just fell away at the end.
0: Because the thing, like we've said, with all the ones leading up to In Your House, Good Friends better eggnog better eggnog Um, there was no wasted motion. Every segment was building to something. Mm. With this, they were kind of building to something with each segment, but just not strong enough. Mm. They were like, "Oh, Austin, Savio, son, Sonny, Shawn Michaels, been trying to sh- shag Diana Hart." Oh. <laughs> I
1: know, you
0: <laughs> so, uh, so
1: that's raw. Anyway, yeah. we'll try again next week. Yeah, some effort made. Uh, what, like D. Reamon said things, things can, can only, only get, get better. better they certainly can and if you want to observe us getting better uh, and if you want to be there the day that this man buys a pig he is at he is at Brad Atkins on Twitter I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter together we're at on on Twitter don't forget to join us I know you want me love you bye get out <laughs> get out I'll take your charisma, thank you Sure Leave it at the door with Stu
0: (laughs) Acast powers the world's best podcasts Here's a show that we recommend